Working to Academy Radio. Hello, welcome to Working Academy Radio, and today we have a special guest, Gary McKee, aka Marathon Man. So, Gary, how long on average did each marathon take you per day? So, last year I ran 365 marathons in 365 days. Halfway through, I picked up a, a small injury. Well, it wasn't a small injury, it was an injury that I had to manage by slowing things down. Halfway through, it was me marathon times average were three hours, 43 minutes. By the time I'd finished, that had gone up a little bit to four hours and three minutes for each marathon. We found out you have done lots more challenges like climb Kilimanjaro and cycling through Brazil. Can you tell us a bit more about your previous challenges? Yeah, my challenges started in 2004. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer in 1997. And he was a cancer survivor. He passed away six years later of an unrelated illness and I became a fundraiser for Macmillan Cancer Support. The first thing I'd done was cycle through Brazil. Brazil, fifth largest country in the world. It was a coast to coast from a small part of the country to another part, but it was still, it was around about a thousand kilometres and the temperatures were over 40 degrees. It was, it was a lot of endurance and I raised over 7,000 pounds. He put me on the the road to where I am today, uh, seeing that I was raising lots of money and awareness for the charities that I was raising money for, so I wanted to carry on doing what I was doing. I climbed Kilimanjaro following year. I've trekked through New Zealand. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've walked across hot coals. I've ran from Land's End to John O'Groats, the most extreme point in the UK, 990 miles, I think it was. Uh, 27 days I've done it in. I was averaging... 34 miles a day. I've ran coast to coast, so from Seton Carew on the east to Whitehaven on the west, 116 miles in under 24 hours. I ran 100 marathons in 100 days, 110 in 110 days, and I've ran 365 marathons in 365 days. I've always believed in myself, thought what was possible to me, although it might not be possible to others, it was just something that I thought I could do, and I've backed that up by doing it. So, Gary, how old were you when you did your first marathon? Um, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I think the, probably the first marathon will have been in 2011, so 12 years ago. I was about 41 years old. Um, I'd done some half marathons before that, and I just stepped it up to the next level. Um, I never ever thought, I've never been in a running club. I don't see myself as a runner. I see myself as a fundraiser. So I just thought I would take it to the next level of doing a full marathon, and, and that's what I've done. Gary, do you know who your highest donation was from and how much it was? I don't, is the simple answer to that. When I was running on day 365, so the final day, when I set off, the Just Given page was on £535,000. It was the BBC who set me off and gave us the platform that we needed to raise a million pounds. So whilst I was running that day, we pulled in £600,000. I've tried to look back on some of the donations, but... Because there's 37,000, it just, unless it was all put out in order, I, I honestly don't know. But I did say donations quite regular for a £1,000. There was um, people who had done their own fundraising, different schools were putting donations on in excess of £3,000. So individuals, I, I honestly don't know. Schools, um, you tend to say that because they're fundraising over a period of time, their donations can be a little bit higher. And people who do other events, be it a concert or a, a raffle or whatever, there was always big donations up, up to three and four thousand pounds put on from those type of people. Obviously, the marathon affected you physically, but how did it affect you mentally? 
I don't think um, running every day did affect me mentally. All it done was it, it strengthens your mind. If you give yourself a focus on what it is you want to achieve and you look at in between of what you've got to do to get there. So if you, it's a bit like gap analysis. Where am I at? Where do I want to be? And what have I got to do to get there? So when you're running every day and you're seeing the difference that it's making both financially to the charities and to yourself and others who are running with you, it strengthens your mind. It shows you that what can actually be achieved, what you can achieve, what you can talk into other people. There was lots of people who came with me who had only done 5Ks. They went from 5K to 10K and built up the miles, 10K to a half marathon, and eventually a full marathon. There was over 200 people ran full marathons with me, and a lot of those people didn't believe that they had a marathon in them, but we talked it into them and talked it out of them. And it's great for your mind. It's great to see other people developing and pushing themselves that little bit further and achieving what they thought was the unachievable. So my mental state was that I was in a very, very good position and I was seeing other people who were running with me in the same position as me. There's quite a few people who had known mental health issues and they were saying it was better than going to the doctor's exercise is great for mental health. To the point where there's one of the guys who ran 92 marathons with me and he now speaks openly about his mental health issues and how exercise has helped him enormously with it. Roughly, how many calories did you burn on average? Calorie um, output was round about 4,500, um, which will extend to 6,000 a day just with you doing your daily activities. So uh, it's quite important that you get that them calories back in. I had... One of my friends owns a healthy eating company, Hungry Caterpillar. So he'd done all my food for me every day for the whole year. He used to do two food drops a week and it was full of protein, full of um, carbs. And I would have one of those meals as soon as I finished and then I would eat anything else. But you've got to consider that when you're running 185 miles a week, the likelihood is that you are going to lose a little bit of weight. And if that weight is a pound a week, which doesn't sound a lot, but it's almost four stone over the year. So that is significant. You've got to keep your eye on your weight and make sure that you are getting enough calories in. So Gary, this might be a bit of a weird question, but what is your favourite cheese? My favourite cheese? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what an absolutely fantastic question. I think if I've got um, any snacks, I love a plate of different types of cheese with crackers and a bit of fruit with it. Um, I'm quite into strong, mature <coughs> cheddar, um, but I absolutely love cheese. I don't know. Somebody must have told you I love cheese to ask that sort of question. What is at the top of your Christmas list? When you get older and you, you go through Christmases faster than you you can imagine, people will say to you how time flies. And as you do get older, you say that it does. It goes in quicker than you can think. So you get to a point where you've seen lots and lots of Christmases and they become not for you but for other people. And it's great watching your children open the presents and stuff. So I'm not bothered about Christmas presents. I'm happy to see other people with smiles on their faces. And it would be fantastic if everybody, if even it was for a single day, could just live in harmony and peace and, and get on and, and help each other and do things. So probably the top of my Christmas list is that we, we live nicer lives together. Right, Gary, how many miles did you run roughly? On the 365 Challenge? Yeah. I um, recorded every day on my Strava, and by the time I'd finished, the distance was 9,675. But what I didn't record was my warm-ups and warm-downs on the treadmill, which I was doing. 
between a mile and two miles warming up and warming down so it, it'll have exceeded over 10,000 miles in the year. Most people don't do that in the cars. What inspired you to start running the marathons? I was inspired due to the fact that um, we'd experienced cancer in our family and I wanted to, to help those people who were going through the same devastating news that we'd been told. So there's a thousand people a day diagnosed with cancer. If all those thousand people have 10 friends, you know, that's 11,000 people who's been impacted in a single day. And most of us have more than 10 friends and family. So cancer features in every single one of our lives. I wanted to give people the support and help that they needed through the charities. So I wanted to raise as much money as possible but also to signpost the charities as to the fantastic work that they do. So I was inspired just to keep going and help as many people as possible. I mean, not a lot of people know this, but my nana and granddad, they both had a brain tumour. So it's really nice to hear that other people are raising money for it. Was it hard to find the inspiration to keep running? No, not at all. Um, you do need to be inspired, but you also need to be very, very disciplined. And discipline will last a lot longer than inspiration will. You're always looking around to see, to bring in inspiration and you can do that by seeing other people push themselves and I've done that on a daily basis. By the time I'd finished, over 200 people ran full marathons with me. There was over 70 people that cycled full distance with me and there was over 3,000 school children ran with me. The two biggest things that we wanted to do was raise a million pound and to run 365 marathons. We'd done both of those. But the additional things that I wanted to do was go into the schools and show pupils how exercise can be fun and when you couple it up with fundraising how you're helping other people and helping yourself at the same time exercise is fantastic for your, your state of mind it's good for your uh, your well-being it's good for keeping fit and enjoyment and if you enjoy something the chances are you want to do it again so uh, it was very very easy to be inspired by seeing people around me seeing the difference that it was making when somebody comes up to you in a supermarket and, and says, thanks for what you've done, and they tell you about the cancer story or the support that they've had from Hospice at Home, West Cumbria, then it makes it all worthwhile and it wants you, It makes you just want to keep doing what you do. So we've found that you're only supposed to do two marathons a year to be healthy. So how has it physically affected you, the 365 marathons a year? I don't think it's physically affected me. Uh, I did pick up a, an injury that... Probably the only thing you're supposed to do for it is rest, but I didn't have the option to rest. I, w I was running the marathon every day. What I needed to do was slow myself down and just look for half a percent improvement. If I got half a percent improvement, it would, you know, a hundred days, it'd give me 50%. I'd be half as bad as I was. And that's how I was saying it, just small pieces at a time. My mental health was in a fantastic place. And so were a lot of people who were running with me. My physical appearance, I'd lost a little bit of weight, but I, I felt absolutely brilliant. I looked good. Um, I, I just think it was a, a brilliant time and there was nothing that jumped out that I didn't expect to. We have quite a bit of media attention after your challenge. Did you meet any celebrities or visit any good places? Yeah, there was quite a few people who ran with me. Kevin Sinfield. Um, ex-Rugby League Leeds captain and Great Britain captain Kev contacted me when he was doing his own challenge of running seven ultras in seven days and he asked me how he was going to do it so I offered him some advice and he came and ran with me there was other people from the Rugby League community came along um, 
I'd done a lot of television work, BBC Breakfast. So I did meet some very, very interesting people. I've been, I do a lot of motivational speaking. I've been all over the country. I've, I've been to India. I went to a conference in India. I've been booked to go to America and Canada. So there's, there's lots of work out there and there's, there's lots of people who need to be inspired and, and show them that difficult doesn't mean impossible. And I'm living proof of that. I'm not a runner. I'm a fundraiser. But when you put your mind to doing something and there's a reason to do it, then it's always easier. And when people hear your story and they feel motivated, it sets them off on their own journey. Another weird question. How do you like your eggs? I like the weird questions. They're fantastic. Um, so eggs featured quite a bit in what I was doing because uh, of the goodness in them. And I can eat eggs always. I like poached eggs with on toast with um, smoked salmon and with smashed avocado. But I can have boiled eggs. I can have omelettes. I can have whatever I want. I like them with a, a runny yolk. Do you ever feel like quitting? No, it's always too early to quit. And when you, or if anybody does fail, you know, I, I, I want to stop. I want to, well, slow down, don't stop. It's always too early to stop or to quit. And you generally, unless you're injured and you feel as if you can't go any further, you'll generally regret quitting too early. Um, there's always a way, and sometimes you just dig, you need to dig deep to find that way. But by stopping and talking to other people and understanding why you think you, you want to stop always gives you a bit of a different picture once you talk it through with somebody else. You feel a little bit better about discussing things. If you've got any, any problems, they're better talked about and got off your chest than just harbouring them yourself and letting them fester inside you. Are you planning any future challenges? When I finished the 365, there was a, a company in America got in touch with me and they asked me, they invited me to a, a race in America called the Grand de Grand. It goes from the Grand Canyon in Nevada, across the desert, to the Grand Staircase in Utah. It's billed as one of the toughest races in the world alongside the Marathon de Sable. It's self-supported, 171 miles. You carry your own kit for the whole week, your food, your sleeping bag, all the mandatory kit. And the only thing that they actually provide is water and shelter in the form of a tent when you finish your stage for the day. So that's in September. Um, it'll give me the opportunity to raise funds for people who have gone through a, a, a tough time um, to support the charities again. And it'll, it'll definitely be difficult. But as I've always said, difficult doesn't mean impossible. Impossible, if you, you look at it from a different angle, actually says I am possible. So we'll have a go at that and we'll see what it brings. Is it true that you have a beard named after your nickname, Marathon Man? Yeah, so when I started the 100 marathons, the local brewery, the microbrewery, Ennerdale, contacted me and they wanted to make a, a brewery, uh, sorry, a brew, and they named it Marathon Man. It's an IPA, and it was the strongest beer that they'd done at the time to represent my strength of running 100 marathons. They'd done it again when I'd done 110, and then when we'd done 365, they launched it for the third time. It's a non-profit making beer for the brewery, so... All the money that was made off it went onto my Just Given page and they've contributed probably around about £10,000. So that money is all stopped local and helped people who Macmillan Cancer Support Cumbria and West Cumbria Hospitals at Home have been supporting through their, their own journeys. So, yeah, to have a beer named after you, quite a, quite a big thing. What advice would you give to someone who wants to get into fundraising and running? So for fundraising, when you consider that we're going through a cost of living crisis, and we've just came out the other side of a global pandemic. 
people tend to think that they'll never raise much money. But I always explain it to my children that £50 buys a food blender for somebody with throat cancer. So if you've helped one person, you've done a job. If you set off with small figures in your head, so if you, you were to say you'll raise £100, and then you start involving other people, so depending on what it is you're doing, if it's going to be a, a cake sale, invite your neighbours, invite all your friends, your family, spread the word, do some flyers, and get as many people to attend it as possible. That way you're reaching out to more people and the likelihood is that you'll raise more money. But don't be afraid to just step out there and do it. Every journey starts with the first step. Usually that first step's the most difficult, but it's also the most rewarding because it puts you into a place that you probably haven't been before and it encourages you to keep going. So anybody who wants to do some fundraising, consider what it is you want to do, work it out and see what the best chances are for you for success are to you as an individual, and then just go for it. You found out you woke up at five o'clock to start. How did this affect your amount of sleep time? So my sleeping patterns were, uh, I tried to get eight hours a day. I would be up at five o'clock if I was running at six. I would have all my kit prepared the day before, so that when I got up, um, I had a, a cup of coffee, I'd done a little bit of stretching, and I'd done a, a video of the day. My sleep patterns were quite regular. Um, me setting off times were either six o'clock in the morning or if I was going to work or eight o'clock if I wasn't. And it it was quite important that you get as much sleep as possible. During the, the summer, if I was off work, when I'd finished running, I would often have an hour's sleep on the sofa. And it was probably the deepest sleep, deepest hour that I'd had. It, would, it just, it seemed to, as soon as I'd finished running, if I was tired, I would close my eyes and that would be maybe over. And it was really, really a good hour's sleep. So my sleep patterns, there was times when I was running, if I was being to work on the morning shift, I'd come home and do a marathon, but that meant doing two marathons in 16 hours sometimes, and that was quite difficult. But you knew that once you'd finished your run, get as much sleep as possible and reset and go again. Would you do this task again? Yeah, I'd certainly do it again, knowing the impact that it had on the community, on not just this community towards the end, on everywhere in the country. On the final day, I had put a, a message out on my Strava. Strava's a running app, and I'd put it out. I was being followed by 12,000 people around the world. And I basically said, who wants to dedicate the run uh, to me on day 365? And I had people running in over 70 different countries around the world. So that's a third of the, the countries that, you know, exist. And there was people running all over, and it was fantastic. So knowing what it did bring to people's lives and how it enriched them and how it helped two charities that are close to mine and a lot of other people's hearts, then I would certainly consider doing it again. It was a big ask with work. So who knows when, you know, what, what lies ahead down the line when I've got more time on my hands, possibly when I'm retired. Have you had any serious injuries from different challenges you've done in the past? I haven't had any serious injuries, anything that was going to stop me. Um, I've done runs and fell runs where you pick up blisters and stuff and you've got to manage them usually I'm, I'm quite good at foot management and I don't get blisters, but I have in the past. I picked up a hamstring injury on the 365 that meant I had to slow things down. But again, it was just seeing what that, that looked like and featuring it in your, figuring it out in the days, maybe set off a little bit earlier, give yourself a little bit more time, use a bit of ice, use a bit of heat. Nothing serious that was ever going to stop me, but just little niggles. And when you're running for 365 days and... You're covering over 10,000 miles. They are to be expected. 
What is your favourite dog breed? Oh, well, my kids are going a bit mental about getting a dog. Dad, can we have a dog? Dad, can... And I think we've certainly we've given to them, so I think we're going to get a cockapoo. So where did your first marathon take place? Um, the first marathon I ever done that I signed up to, an official marathon, was the Edinburgh Marathon, which I ran in round about 2011, I think it was. In 2015, I'd done the London Marathon for the very first time. It was a London Marathon with a little bit of a twist to it. I actually ran from my home in Cumbria to London to take part, so 50 miles round about a day, and then the London Marathon, which, you know, people couldn't really get their head round, but that's what we've done. We raised a lot of money, uh, showed people, again, what can be achieved with belief. But I've done unofficial marathons. I used to do the work it into to Keswick, which was a 30-miler, and I used to do back-to-backs in preparation of doing Land's End to John O'Groats. So I've done lots and lots of different places, uh, marathons in different places. Uh, thank you for coming in today. That's all of our questions. Well, thank you for the invite. I'm Gary McKay, and I'm at Working Academy. Working to Academy Radio.